Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. So let's get started. We get a little uh, stuck along the way sometimes. Everybody here, you have a seed of a dream in your heart. Somehow, some way. Something you thought about maybe as a teenager you wanted to do. Maybe it's something you even tried to start as a business or something that you felt uh, like you might just be able to do. And then somewhere along the way, life happens. Can anybody relate? And we get the big delay. We get the big pause. We get the big rejection thing that just uh, hurts our heart. And, you know, it's true for all of us, okay? It's not like you're the only one if you're thinking like, ugh, all this great stuff, it's for everybody else but me. It's for all, what God has is for all of us. And the Lord wants to help us tonight step into our purpose. You see, there's only one of you in the earth. And if you don't bring your imprint to the people around you and to the people that God has intended for you to influence, they're not going to get what God wanted to send through you to those around you. And so you have a very unique place in the world. You live in a, a house on a certain street. You work at a certain company. You live in a certain city. And you are strategically placed right now in the place that you are to bring an impact. So say, I'm strategically placed. All right, think about it a minute. I am strategically placed. God puts us in locations and in situations where we can learn about him. And it's different. If you move from one city to another or one company to another, there are different things you'll learn in those different situations. Acts 17, uh, somewhere around 22, 23, 24, talks about how God has actually predetermined the boundaries of our dwellings and our times on the earth. Wow. Did you know you were chosen to be on the earth in 2018 and moving forward and from whatever time you hit planet earth? That wasn't a mistake. That wasn't an accident. That was a divine appointment. And God had a plan for you and God set you up to go through life, to experience things where you could begin to learn about God. Now, you say, well, that sounds really nice, but you don't know about my family. You don't know about my life. You don't know what I've been through. And you're right. I don't know what you've been through. But I can tell you that we've all been burned. And for me, the, the story of how I was burned is actually very, a very graphic story. I was a daughter of a Baptist preacher. Uh, my mom and my little brother and my dad and I were all around South Texas in little parsonages. That's what they call the, the house where the preacher lives. And um, in that time, I loved hearing my dad preach. I loved kind of taking care of my little brother, who was four years younger than I. Um, I loved my mom. She, I used to call her sparkly. She was very expressive. And life was pretty good, although we had some bumps in the road. And yet, when I was uh, seven, I found out about Jesus dying on the cross for me. I heard my dad preach that. I'd heard it many times, but I'd never taken it for myself. And so I was seven years old. I heard my dad preaching about Jesus dying on the cross and dying for my sin. And I'm telling you, it hit me 
At seven years of age, I thought my heart would pound out of my chest because I knew Jesus died on the cross because I had stolen Mrs. Riley's bubble bath beads during a revival dinner, no less, and made out with the whole package to the car, hid it under the seat of the car, and of course could never enjoy those things. They were so beautiful. Um, and, and sin is sin, right? That was sin. And for a seven-year-old girl, the weight of that sin fell full on me that day. And I began to understand that it was Jesus taking my place on the cross that made, made it possible for me to step into salvation in a relationship with him. And after that, I went home, baptized my little brother in the plastic swimming pool over and over until he believed, saw the light. And um, we loved church, played church, and learned a lot about the Lord along the way. And our family wasn't perfect. But it seemed that when I was 14, I hit a, an obstacle in the road that I could not figure out no matter what. And so here's what happened. My dad had moved our family quickly to a country town to get out of the church limelight. Even though we were in little churches, being in the pastorate can really be a, a lot of pressure. And it was very hard on my mom. So we'd made a geographical move and actually had moved into another house quite suddenly, even in that new location. I was 14 years old. I was getting ready for school, ninth grade, and new new town, which I thought was like as big as New York City, and I found out later it was just a little podunk town. It's just that we'd been from a littler podunk town, and um, I was as I was getting ready, I had picked out this mini skirt and all the, the just exactly what I was going to wear, and I was wearing nylon hose, and I was doing it upright. Ninth grade, going to enter the scene, right? And my dad came in this large open bathroom of the house to light the hot water heater. We had moved quickly. School was the next day, and he had not lit this hot water heater. And what we did not know is that there had been a butane leak coming in the house all night long. Butane had no scent added to it at that time. And so when my dad struck that match, this entire room went up in an explosion. My little brother was in the doorway, so my, the three of us were burned. My mom was in another part of the house. And the next scenes uh, became blurry as we were rushed to an emergency room. And um, shock began to really set in. And I uh, just had vague memories of what was going on. And the first night found myself, uh, I, what I thought was happening, I was fighting to stay on the bed because I kept feeling myself float up off the bed. And I found out later, this was the night that my life hung in the balance. They did not know if I would live through this night, but prayer chains were going all through the night from our church. And soon uh, when I was stabilized enough, they moved me to a burn center and I left the hospital where my dad and brother were also admitted. And the next thing that happened over a course of weeks is that I found myself in the most excruciating pain I had ever, I, had, I hadn't even imagined it was possible to hurt like this. Burns are very painful. Third degree burns have taken all three layers of skin away. So it's like a raw open wound. And I was in a sterile hospital room, very little contact. I wasn't with my family. I wasn't with anything familiar. I didn't have my Bible. And yet 
as I asked the Lord what happened and was he watching or where was he or what had I done wrong, all the things we ask when we find ourselves in a painful situation where we can't see a way out. I began to remember a story I'd heard as a child about the potter and the clay. And the story talks about the potter shaping something out of the clay and how at some point it would be so ridiculous if the clay just rose up and said, what do you think you're doing? And questioned the potter. And I realized this is exactly what I was doing with all my questions. Now, God doesn't mind our questions. But I began to understand that, oh my goodness, if the Lord hadn't been watching over me, I wouldn't be alive, period. And my perspective shifted. And that's what happens when we go to God with the hard things, then God starts giving us a perspective that we didn't have before. And the, danger, the dangerous reaction is when we get so offended at God and so mad and so railing at God that we're not asking questions. We've already decided, you didn't show up, I don't trust you, this is not okay enough. So I don't mean to sound sacrilegious, but I'm trying to express something that all of us have felt at one time or another. So I actually asked the Lord to forgive me for doubting him because I actually understood with no Bible, no Sunday school teacher, uh, nothing in the room except the Holy Spirit helping me to, to remember these things. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit's a comforter. He's a teacher. He reminds us of things. And so in this journey... Uh, I went through many, many painful treatments, painful bandage dressings, and a lot of time to think. And so once the Lord helped me kind of sort a few things out in my mind and in my heart, I thought, okay, so the Lord actually preserved my life. He must have something for me. And I began telling the Lord, well... You know, I, I'm so glad you saved my life. And in fact, while we're talking about it, as I remember in Sunday school, you made the blind to see and the lame to walk. And I began asking the Lord that he would heal my burns on my legs without skin grafts. Skin grafts are required for third-degree burns to heal, and that means skin has to come from another part of your body or a donor's body. So that's what was on the calendar for me. And so one day, as uh, weeks into this, as the doctors came in the room to talk to me about what to expect with my skin graft surgery, uh, one of them was assessing the burns, and they had circled the bed, had their glasses on and their charts, taking notes. And uh, one of them said, they're, they're just going on with the plan. This is what will happen. This is what it's going to be. This is how long it will take. And one of them said, <clears throat> you know, I think maybe we should watch this a while because it looks like little patches of skin are coming together. And so I sit up, and anyone that's ever been in a burn unit, everybody looks a fright. I'm just saying there's no pretty sight in a burn center. So I looked a fright. I had skin hanging off my arms. My face was all scabbed up. My lips were huge. And, um, you know, small talk there is like who's getting a new ear or this or that and so it's a whole different uh, induction to to life in a burn unit but I sat up even with all that happening and I said well I said actually the great physician is on my case and they're like writing this down like looking at each other kind of like call the psychiatrist you know get the social worker in here 
And day by day, a little more skin, a little more skin. I never had a skin graft. I had to learn to walk again, which was an interesting experience at 14 years of age. But for many of you, you, you may not have been through a physical fire, but you've been through a fire in your life. You've been through a trial. You've been through a rejection. You've lost an important relationship. You've had a financial setback. You have been rejected by people you love. You, it didn't turn out like you thought. And what I want to tell you tonight is that everybody's been burned. But oh, everybody's got a chance, an opportunity to find the blessings out of those burns. That's your job. We hope you're loving the Linda Field Show and that these ideas are helping you succeed day by day. We know you're busy and don't always get the resources you need to grow in your development as a spiritual professional. That's why Linda has created True Tribe, a community of learning for men and women who are ready to experience God-made success. You can access helpful classes and put your learning to work by getting started today for just $1. Come on over to truetribe.org join and get what's waiting for you inside True Tribe. See you over at truetribe.org join.